do it. For those listening that may not know, if you don't mind just doing a quick intro, you know? Yeah, you uh, my name is Michael Lindsay, and um, I am a 36-year-old guy with two kids, uh, divorced, and uh, work in the office furniture industry. So that's me. That's a good intro. You know, just let everything, let, let them know everything. Yeah. That's, that's cool, though. I mean, being transparent about it and just kind of being an open person now, I think, is where things are shifting. And just to preface, you know, why we're here, I, I saw your videos on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So you were, you were running a lot of ads in the Houston area, mm-hmm. I presume, for your furniture uh, business. And, you know, I could see the energy. Yeah. yeah I could see what you were trying to portray and um, what you were trying to create. So. You know, unfortunately, I'm not portraying anything. That's who. That's me. Um, right. A lot of people, you know, and 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 I have bad days too. So I'm not like always like so into it and right, you know extroverted and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, for the most part, that's just that's just me. Um, it. I'm just. I get real excited about stuff sometimes, and um, my hands move a lot, and um, end up you know with you know high pitched voice or screaming or. Uh, whatever the case may be, I just I uh, I really like um, making deals. That's that's what kind of keep, keeps me keeps me going. So yeah. So again, sorry not to misuse the word portray, but that's kind of what I meant. Just ah. Put on display. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. So baking deals has this been something that you have had experience with prior to this? Um, kind of no. So like like we talked, you know, my dad started the business in 1987, and so I I, I kind of. Um, summer times would help him, you know, do stuff and things like that. And but never really had a big, big want to get into the business. Um, so kind of just fiddled around with stuff. You know, I was a. Uh, I really thought I wanted to be a firefighter for a long time, and um, even got, you know, some certifications and things like that. And uh, and then. Um, Tried my hand at you know like a landscaping business that didn't do very well, and um, and then in 2009, um, yeah, I just uh, decided uh, that I was going to help him with with the, the family business and saw a lot of opportunity that we were missing because of a lot of things that he wasn't so focused on, mm-hmm. um, like website and um, and and really trying to to expand the the amount of furniture that we were handling and so okay. when we when I first started with the business it was primarily a used furniture business that did nothing but case goods one of me my case goods is like desk credenzas l-shaped conference tables okay. chairs but no cubicles mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of where he he was always focused because he didn't understand them and things like that and so um, yeah, when I got involved and um, kind of took over, actually it was a little bit before '09 that you know that I got involved and then started you know doing everything. Right. Uh, but '09 is really when I took over the business and really started um, making the moves that I wanted to make. Um, which some of the major ones was going out and figuring out how to sell used cubicles um, mm-hmm. because it's not easy. And you have to know what you're doing because we what we do is we bring them in used and then we completely refurbish them. So they look like brand new. So when you, if you're a client and you come in our showroom and you see these cubicles that look beautiful, they look brand new, 
um, we have gone through and we've repainted them, we've refabricated them, we put new work surfaces on them, we change the locks out if they need to. Everything gets redone. We have to learn how to do that. So yeah. I actually flew to like Tampa to um, another office furniture guy that I knew that was doing it and just spent a week with him. And he taught me all of it over the course of a week. And then I got back to Houston and I was like, this is what we're doing. You know, right. this is what we need. And so, and, then, and that's what we started. And that's where our business really started to, to evolve um, into more than just a mom and pop style office furniture business. So your input kind of elevated, um, I guess, the level of the business. Oh, modernized it a little bit. Completely. Found, you know, different pockets that you could occupy. Completely. Yeah, completely. We just, um, you know, we need we needed to change. You know, we were we were kind of a little stagnant um, on mm -hmm. on revenue and, and things like that, and kind of doing the same old, same old, same old. Um, and really, we honestly kind of changed the landscape for the office furniture industry here in Houston. Oh, wow. um, we started to run ads on the radio. We did ads on television. We did, I mean, you name it, we tried it. Um, not all of it worked, um, but we tried. Yeah. And, um, and we really started to bring a little bit different um, atmosphere to that part of the business. Um, we still operate more of like a retail setting where the majority of the office furniture businesses are completely B2B and you would never even know where they're at. You wouldn't know their name. Mm -hmm. If I told them to you, you would have no idea who they are. Um, but us, Lindsay's Office Furniture, we have a great name in, in the Houston market because we're out there. You know, we're talking to people. We're trying to get... We're trying to get a little bit more of a brand awareness about who we are and what we do and why we're better at it than everyone else. Right, of course. Um, and so I really feel that um, what we have done has, ch has, has helped change the landscape of what office furniture companies do now, um, especially in the greater Houston area. Um, Would you say you're the face behind the sort of public um, image of the brand? Um, for sure, for sure, my brand, Lindsay Office Furniture, I'm, I'm of course, you know, kind of the, the face of it, um, especially on social media and things like mm -hmm. that. Um, you know, office furniture in general isn't, isn't sexy. I mean, it, you know, it's not, you know, this, it's not a, uh, it's not a, an industry that people just are like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get in the office furniture industry. You know, people yeah. want to get in finance. They want to get in, you know, real estate, you know, things like that. That's sexy, right? But the office furniture business is not sexy. So we have tried to create at least something that separates us from just being the guy that sells a desk and a chair, right? right? Um, and so I, I feel that um, you got to find kind of what works for you. And what worked for me or worked for us was just getting out there and being who I always am mm -hmm. and just putting it out there for people to see it. That's a good way to look at it because when you attach an element of personality to your brand or your company, you not only engage in people's, um, in catering to people's needs, but you also kind of create some sort of an emotional connection with them where they're gravitated towards you. I mean, you know, part of the reason why I reached out was because of the energy. Right. Like, well, I like the energy, right? I like what you're doing. I could identify and appreciate what was being done. Sure. And so it's kind of like... <clears throat> When, when you create that, I feel like other people can also relate to that. Yeah, I and think that so. The whole you know, like I said, it's just, 
it's who I am. I, I, I try to be um, me no matter no matter what, the good, the bad, yeah. the ugly, um, all of it, right? So, uh, um, you know, the old Clint Eastwood movie. But, uh, but yeah, I just, I enjoy, I enjoy what I do. So it makes it very, very sim- easy yeah. for me to be excited about a deal that we got or a deal that we're offering or, or no, things 100%. like that because I, I love it. I, I enjoy it. And how important is that? Um, I'm sure you've done things. Oh, I think it's. I think it makes a huge difference um, on the level of success, success that you can have within within a, co- a company. Even if you're just working for for someone, or or you're an executive, or you're the owner, or or wherever it is, if you enjoy it, like like I enjoy my job. Yeah. I don't think there's any amount of success that makes it better. Right, yeah. it's just the success comes because I think you enjoy it so much. You're going to put the time and effort, and the try and the want into it more than mm-hmm. you would something that you don't that you don't enjoy. You know. Right. So, um, and I'm not saying that you necessarily have to enjoy it immediately. I don't think when I very very first started in the business that I enjoyed it as much as I do now. And I think a lot of that is because I know the business now. Yeah, and so I'm confident in the business. So, so at I, first it was a challenge. At first it was a challenge. Yes, because it's not sexy, right? Yeah. I mean, it's you just not. Yeah, I'm a 20 something year old guy in an office furniture industry, which, which is like the most least cool thing ever. Um, but then I found out that I enjoy. I enjoyed it because I started to learn it, and I think you can do that in any walk of life, right? I mean. There's a lot of things that I didn't enjoy doing at first, but then golf is a prime example, right? Okay. So golf, if, if you are bad at it, it's not as enjoyable as when you're good at it. My, my daughter, uh, she likes to roller skate. Well, her first few months roller skating, she didn't, it's not like she didn't like it, but she just didn't love it because she's falling down all the time. Right. Well, once the practice got there and she know, now she knows how to do it, she enjoys it. She loves it. We're always going to the skating, you know, the roller rink. And actually, I posted a video the other day of me at the roller rink. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it's it's. I think you can grow into what you love. I honestly, one thousand. I know I did because the office furniture industry was not something that I was really on my radar to yeah. do. But once once you learn it and you put the time and you invest in it, you invest your time, you invest your effort into it, and then you learn it, then it can become extremely fruitful when you're talking about you know the enjoyment of, of, of work and things like that so that's why I love work I love interacting with new people I mean we have 15 25 35 people a day that come into the showroom I don't get to say hello to every single one of them because you know there's a lot of people there and we have salespeople and all that but I love interacting with those people and I love knowing what I'm talking about when I do Right, so that that's a big thing, you know. What is this? Oh, this is a you know a Lacoste Seven Series, you know, and I know it, and I know I know it. Mm-hmm. So I like it, you know, and I like going. You enjoy it. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Yeah, that makes that makes complete sense. And um, I think an important point you pointed out was to get past that hurdle, the initial sort of hurdle when you're being faced with a challenge. I mean, oftentimes people have to kind of, you know, not everyone gets the luxury to do what they enjoy as a career. And uh, I've had this conversation before where we kind of identified that, you know, even if you like something 10% of the time, or if you like something 10%, but you like doing it 90% of the time, you should pursue it. Sure. So you don't really have to like pursue 
something you really enjoy doing unless you're willing to you know get past that hurdle but i'm sure you saw some sort of opportunity it wasn't just right i enjoy doing this let me go into this so i like making deals um so and and how our business works is um on the used side on the pre-owned side um which is which is where i really like that's mm-hmm. that's the side of the business that i love right because i walk into you know abc company whatever it is wells fargo it doesn't matter who it is and they're 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 needing to liquidate furniture from their building right right? so i have to know how much it costs to remove it how much manpower is going to take just by walking around for 20 30 minutes taking notes right so i have to look at the building see what times we can get in and out of there how big are the elevators how long of a push is it from the elevator to the to the to the dock how how big is the dock can we fit the certain type of trucks at the dock all this kind of stuff and all this stuff is happening while i'm just walking around and, and asking you know the the client or you know Wells Fargo whoever it is mm-hmm. um, questions you know when do you need it out what, what's the time frame all this kind of stuff and so making the deal I have to go through and then I have to say okay what do I think that I'm gonna sell this for right right because I don't know the first time. right so I don't know how much is it gonna cost me to fix it if something's wrong yeah so touch-ups or you know fixing a drawer because not everything's perfect when we pick it up right. we have shops that it goes through so and all that kind like of stuff appraisal. yeah yeah and then I have to say, okay, now I have to talk to this client who just paid, you know, probably five years ago, maybe $100,000 for this furniture. I have to tell them and talk to them and, sh- and show them why it isn't worth half that now or, or not even 10% mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. And so making the deal is what I'm attracted to. The human interaction. The part. human interaction part of making that deal with that person and 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 being the the one that orchestrates all of that to happen i love that how do you go about learning um you know how to deal with people i think it's a very important skill that's extremely necessary and you know people in my generation are so obsessed with the internet you know communicating sure. through the internet sure. they don't really understand how to yeah. talk face to face and i'll face this challenge myself i mean you know we were discussing part of the reason why i started this was to get better at that and to also get out of my introverted nature but you know I'm curious to hear your sort of stance on this and how you go about dealing with people yeah so um, my whole thing is is no matter what you want to get good at the only way to become better at something is practice you have to keep forcing yourself into situations like you're doing right now Mm -hmm. that force you to communicate and I'm not talking about by text message or a phone call or anything like that. Sitting right. down, having a conversation, and honestly, never meeting a stranger, right? I mean, if you just look at everyone like, oh, I already know them, oh, you know, uh, you know, and you can just approach people, which I have absolutely no problem with, um, then, then that's 99% of it. Right, because what ends up happening is just by saying hello, how's your day, which doesn't take much. Mm-hmm. That's that's a very very small thing to do. Right, um, it can open up a door that, and I I have met some of the coolest people just by striking up a conversation at uh, an airport or at um, you know um, uh, uh, a restaurant or just anywhere anywhere. And you I, don't feel you don't sorry to cut you off. Mm-hmm, you don't no. feel that that sort of element of judgment 
or you know so uh, psychologically the reason why people don't want to approach uh, strangers is certain kinds of people obviously is because they categorize themselves in a hierarchy and so they look at someone and they're like well that person has attributes that I lack so I, I can't reach out to them because they're not going to give me the attention you know what oh I mean? god like, no I don't I don't I guess I just I guess I don't see that because like I'm no better than anyone else and nobody's better than me so I think we're all in this together you know, and I think if this coronavirus or, or anything has shown us anything, it's that we're all in it together. It doesn't matter who you are, 100%. what your you know level of income or, or non-income or what your education is. I didn't go to college. I, I barely got out of high school. You know, so I mean, I'm I'm way no better than anybody else by a million million times. I couldn't even say that too many times because it's unbelievably true. Um, and, and I don't think I, I have some very, very, very successful people that I know overly successful people they are almost in every situation the most humble people that I know and I think that's one of the greatest attributes that overly successful people and I'm not talking about overly successful with money, right? I'm talking about overly successful people just in general I have a friend of mine that used to play soccer for Dynamo, and now he got married, and he's a stay-at-home dad now, and he is literally one of the most successful people I know. He is the happiest person that I've ever met in my entire life. Literally the happiest person I've ever met in my entire life. And now, that wouldn't work for me, because I can't can't do that, right? I don't Mm -hmm. have the, the same, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't work for someone else. For sure. Right? So, whatever, whatever works for you, and you have to create your own level of happiness. I mean, I, I, you know, for some people, it's making $100 million or, or it's making $10,000 or, or, or maybe it has you know, a monetary value to it. I, I necessarily don't convince, I'm not convinced that you know, success is only measured by one parameter. Absolutely. You know, um, and I think each person's success will, will greatly differ, you know, depending on circumstance and, and, and everything else that goes along with it.